2: All right, welcome inside Permission Granted Podcast 101. Glad you're with us. The historic number 100 is in the books. As you know, you can always subscribe to us by going to our very own podcast feed and iTunes for this PGP. Just search Permission Granted Podcast, subscribe for free. Also available on the regular DA Show podcast and online, DAONCBS.com. And now that we enter into a historic second 100 episodes, we bring in the dictator himself, Mraz. What's going on,
1: big man? What is going on? I'm pumped up here. Why is that? Well, we're about to hit August, which means as far as sports talk radio goes, we have football teams reporting to training camp, which means we're finally at what feels like the longest dead period we've had in years.
2: Yeah, I didn't feel that way. I thought there was actually stuff going on. Oh, I disagree. On a daily basis, even in the sports abyss. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I know that it wasn't anything...
1: Sexy? Earth-shattering. I mean, you had Kevin Durant... After Kevin Durant left, and until Chris Hale cut up a uniform, I mean, what were we talking about here?
2: I thought there were little stories, B stories, but a lot of B stories.
1: A lot, plenty of B stories.
2: Yeah, maybe not an A story, but plenty of Bs. See, I'm looking for A's. Yeah, I'm looking to just meat and potato my way through a drive. Okay. All right. I'm I mean, going me- di- to I'm going to Dink and Dunk in July. Well, listen, I know I want to say this. I think that
1: you did Dink and Dunk in the days that you were actually doing your show, the DA show where I could, you know, be with you. I think like we had really good shows with limited to talk about. So I'm talking about I'm not saying the shows stunk. No. I'm just saying from a sports talk perspective, it gets a little less stressful when, you know, stories are right in your face when when football starts. This is
2: a hard turn around the bend for me, because once you hit August 1, you're on the back side of the summer. Right. And that's hard for me. I, there are two benchmarks of the summer that I love, and it's because they are relatively stress-free, and you're on the front side of the summer. Number one, Memorial Day.
1: Oh, who doesn't love it? First time you really smell those hot dogs? You know
2: that you have the full brick of the summer calendar in front of you. Right. And so you know, anything up until this point has not been wasted time, wasted weekends, wasted opportunities. You know, you've got the brick of the summer in front of you. No doubt. Second one, July the 4th. Oh. Because now you know that you're in the heart of the summer. You're going to get only good weather, relatively speaking. It's going to be mostly lake days or water days or beach days or pool days for the next 60. And you know, again, even if there's been a wasted weekend or a wasted sunny day, you know, you've got a good full two months.
1: Really? Right. I agree. I don't know why I
2: said really, but right. I agree. Once you hit August one, you know that you've made the turn and you know that at this point you are counting weekends and we've all done it. We're starting to count weekends. It's like five weekends now until Labor Day, four weekends now until September. And that, I hate that because now, you know, everything, the pressure's now on in August. You better get it in now. <laughs> better get it in now. So I would rather take the dog days of summer news-wise, knowing the optimism of the full summer is still ahead.
1: I have always, always, always considered myself a summer guy. Yeah. Uh, as far as anything. I don't want to wish the summer away for football, and I know I might have sounded like that at the beginning, I was strictly talking about from a work perspective, from a lifestyle perspective, Yeah, there is nothing better. I love waking up on a weekend morning, All oh, let's go to the beach today, let's go hang by the pool today. Or any morning before work, I'm going to go hang in the pool for a little bit. When it hits October, you know, through whatever, it, it ends up being, ah, I'm going to sleep a little more because it's gloomy out. I, I'm going to sit there and watch movies all day. I don't like that. I prefer being out and about in the summer. So, You're yes, an active guy. It might not look it, but I am. I am an active guy. So I do agree with you that, yes, as we hit August, it is a sad turn. But I often wonder, for those who love summer but hate football, mm. you must really be depressed, you know, come mid-September. If you hate football? Yeah, because, like, that's that's our carrot, right? So, you know, summer ends and it stinks. Yeah. yeah, But at least, you know, we're sitting there with beers and we love football for the next, you know, foreseeable future. Yeah. If you don't like football, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I suppose if you just love baseball, it's the baseball world, the playoffs and World Series. Yeah, but even weather, like, that's it. I mean, do you look forward to anything in life? Do you have any reason for getting up in the morning?
2: <laughs> All right, number two, PGP number 100 in the books. Did you get any feedback from listeners, anybody about it?
1: I would say, at least, and maybe it's sad that I can count this. Maybe it's not a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing. I had at least three. It could be more like four or five. Tell me, excellent job, picking up those clips, hysterical. Oh, Uh, Even some really positive feedback on the, uh, if you will, the little back and forth when we were mentioning Jada Diamond, uh, what she was referencing and the way we went about it. Uh, I had one person tweet me and say that was the funniest moment. Us talking about that moment was the funniest moment of PGP history. Is that right? Which is ironic because we're doing a podcast about the history about the history of the PGP with the great moments, and while we're talking about a great moment, this person claims we came up with now the greatest oh, moment of okay. the PGP, which oh, I okay. found interesting.
2: Well, that is very heartening. I'm very happy to hear that because I didn't hear from anybody, but I was off for the bulk of the time that the PGP 100 was going to be released because we released it. Thursday morning right or Wednesday night
1: Wednesday yeah Wednesday night so obviously yeah with with you being away and stuff like that it was kind of a weird drop of a pgp if you will because right. we you know us naturally would have been nice to talk about pgp 100 on the show itself
2: right right but then i was off thursday friday and then into the weekend so right. I'm, I'm glad you got it because i didn't get any feedback on it i didn't know how it how it was received
1: i'll say this since we have made the transition to play.it for our permission granted podcast yeah i noticed myself in particular and maybe you could speak to this but getting a lot more uh, Twitter reaction as far as the Permission Granted Podcast was than we ever did when we first launched it and stuff, mm. which, I mean, I think it's natural with time you're going to get more listeners to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But I do coincide with going to play. It, it made it look a lot more official than what It really took it to the next level. And now I find myself getting a lot of Twitter interaction because of
2: it. Okay, very good. My guess is my intera- my interaction on Twitter and on social media is going to be largely about the show, stuff that I said on the show. So I'm glad to hear your interaction will probably be largely what the PGP is.
1: Right, exactly, because I'm there, I'm doing this with you, and then I'm hosting the side B of it, so that's like my nook and cranny, if you will. Your nook and your cranny. My nook and my cranny. So that's good. Okay, that's
2: what I wanted to hear. I don't know about now, 101 going forward. I think I'd like to sprinkle in a few non-show guests. Okay.
1: But not every week. Okay. Okay. You, so tell, we'll you tell me what you're looking for, when you're looking for it. Mm. Uncle Shawnee will will do what he can do. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Uh,
2: number three. Came back from Saratoga this week. My weekly, my annual trip to Saratoga.
1: You went opening weekend?
2: Went opening weekend, which meant it was So Opening day was this past Friday. I took off Thursday to get up there on Thursday. It's about a three-hour drive from New York City. Me and a bunch of guys go out. We rent a house, go to the track every day. I have two of my friends from college who are total horse betting degenerates, okay? They wake up early in the morning and they spend copious amounts of time and coffee breaking down the betting guide and stats. They're classic. They're watching old races. Oh, come on. I'm not joking. I wake up. We all the, the rest of us wake up. There's usually four or five guys in the house. The other half of the house wakes up, goes down for breakfast at like 10 in the morning, nine in the morning, whatever. And they've already been up for three hours and they're watching YouTube highlights of previous races to see what jockeys do. I mean, it's
1: That's insane.
2: It's totally insane. It's 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 a whole different world. And their whole thing is they want to win the pick six. It's not about winning individual races for twenty dollars here, fifteen bucks here, eighty bucks here. They want to win life changing money. The
1: big so, uh, the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> yeah. So if
2: I went up there and I wanted to bet. Which I've done before. You know, I look through the horses. You pick a name you like, maybe. A name I like. Maybe there is an odds I like. Maybe I just have an inkling about something. I know a little bit about the race racing form, but not much. And you go up, you throw five bucks here, ten bucks there, twenty bucks there, and that's it. That's
0: it. Winner,
1: trifecta, super you can figure something like that out.
2: Right. And and if you win if like to me, if I win a hundred bucks over the course of the weekend, great. If I if I come out positive, great. Right, you had fun, you want a little money, that's great. Good weekend. These guys want to win life-change hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars. And so I it, can't build an empire, so
1: I'm watching YouTube videos <laughs> you know. of jockeys.
2: So so they're talking in code that I can't understand, tongues I can't understand. To me and the rest of my my buddies that don't have this inclination to bet Saratoga is a beautiful place. It's an old-school upstate New York town. It's gorgeous this time of year.
1: It's like going to Wrigley Field for racing.
2: Yes, it's 150 years old in terms of a racetrack, so there's history there. There's just great grounds. You're allowed to stock your own cooler and bring it in as long as there's no glass. You bring it in. You sit around. You bring your uh, beach chairs or your lawn chairs. You just sit around. You BS all day. You throw a few dollars here and there, and it's great. Great people watching as well because – there are girls that are in their like big sundresses, dressed for, up like they're going to the Kentucky Derby. Guys in suspenders uh, and you know pump the brakes and put on a pair of shorts. <laughs> so, so it's really really fun. I really love it, and that's why we do it every single year. But this year they took the the horse degenerates took it to the next level because apparently there was something called a carryover and then a triple carryover. I believe it was a triple carryover, which means all of the money that was invested in the pick six, uh, course wide rolled over to the next day because there were no winners. Nobody won. And then I think it rolled over again. If it didn't roll over twice, it at least rolled over once. So basically
1: they're playing who wants to be a millionaire by the end of the weekend. So
2: it was huge. And, (laughs) but they ran out of investing money. They ran out of their own money. Oh, no. So they were trying to hit me up and and the guys, you know, we usually go, okay, you're going to spend all day betting and you're going to go over all the stats and the horses and everything. And you'll know, you know, we owe
1: you a little something because you're giving us tips.
2: Yeah. So, here's 20 bucks. It usually was like 20 bucks a day, you know? That, that, to me, that I call it my bed tax. There. My bed tax. They, <laughs> my bed Here, you take 20 bucks a day, tell me what you want to bet on. And then they started upping the ante. Then we lost every single day. Okay, oh. but I only lost 20 bucks a day. Right. They lost way more than that. And it kept building and kept building and kept building over four days.
1: So, they lost life-changing money.
2: <laughs> so, by the final night... Which was Saturday night going into Sunday. Uh, no, yeah, I think Saturday night into Sunday, then Sunday to Monday. I came back Monday morning. They were really pressing on us hard, like, "Hey, can you throw us a little bit more cash?
1: Oh hey, no, we need a little bit more money? Hey." So at one point, that's like just feeding somebody with a problem into their <laughs> problem.
2: So they were they were looking for fifty bucks investment from everybody because, and they also have so many bets right going with within this thing. To, they they spend about 20 minutes at the thing putting in one bet. Oh. It's like sequences in notebooks, and it's insane. It's like a giant equation. Yeah. Goodwill hunting. Yeah. It's like uh, that movie with Jim Carrey where he's writing all the numbers. The number 23? <laughs> number 23. Right. Or A Perfect
1: Mind. Oh, per- okay. A Beautiful Mind
2: with Russell Crowe.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. You never saw that. No, I did not. Okay. So I'm yeah. just rolling with the punches you're, here. You're right.
2: You're just, you're silent, so very obviously you're not. <laughs> no,
1: all right. I gave you the air. Let's go with the story here.
2: So so Saturday night, I've had a few beers, obviously. We've all had a few beers and we're having a great time, right? We're and and also it's it's vacation. It should be noted that the um the restaurants and bar scenes are great because it's like old school restaurants, been around for a long time. And
1: everything's very walkable.
2: Yeah, it's all like a little downtown. Then there's like a bar scene, which is like a block and a half or so, but everybody is out there. It's pretty insane. So we're having a great time. Everyone's having a great time. And so it's just like, hey, we're on vacation. Well, what we call the investors, right? The 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 big the big right. ones. they really start pressing. They're like, hey, while you're out, yeah, oh, f- f- yeah, throw me fifty bucks, f- throw, yeah, forty bucks, fifty bucks. Oh. Did you know how big this? And w-
1: at some point, and waiting you guys to get drunk enough, so you just exactly. give them money and shut up.
2: And at some point, I said, probably because I had a few cocktails or a few beers with me, I said, you know what? I see right through this. I see <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> This is a shakedown. And for the rest of the weekend, it was known as the shakedown artist. They were shaking us down. Inevitably, they got to us. You, you gave in? They, we gave in. Oh. And they lost again. <laughs> so they just lost all that money. So then, You guys are
1: spineless for giving in, so let's
2: then, be fair. So then on the carryover, we were out. We're like, no, not anymore. You lost all weekend. You lost right. all my money all weekend. And you've shook me down. No, it's not going to happen. They to the next day. So then they started calling all of our friends that weren't at the track. They're trying to get them a little Western Union situation? Yes. <laughs> yes. So they're emailing our f-
1: other friends. They're
2: they're calling How family members. How annoyed
1: would you be getting that email? Hey, uh, you know, I'm up in Saratoga. I think you might might be interested in this. They even
2: shook down friends of mine who have young children saying this is for their education
1: oh no and they
2: lost again
1: and they're the pe- shakedown artists they shook down the people the children the children the people the children bit and lost their money yeah <laughs> these guys can't ever go back to saratoga <laughs> with
2: you again what are they doing they're gonna go back to Tra- the, for travers week and i'm sure they're still up there they go up there for the whole week how do they have any money left
1: i don't know i don't think they do i think they're looking for investors if they, now they're probably to the point where they're walking around the track every day asking people to invest in shakedown artists. That's unheard
2: of. They're, they're shakedown artists. You know, after a while,
1: I'd laugh and laugh and laugh. But at some point, <laughs> you got to get fed up, right? I. That's it. I'm out. I'm out. Like, Guys, seriously, enough's enough. The problem is they have enough. They, they have enough
2: credibility within the circle because they are putting in all of this work. I mean, right? Well, have you won with them in the past? Three years ago, uh, yeah, I won maybe 150 bucks or something. Okay. So there's a little bit of credibility there, but now we're going on two, two couple dry spells. Oh yeah,
1: two full years. So just, n- just losses. So next oh, they're owed oh for two years. Next year will the play be going in? Guys, we're not doing we're not doing the shakedown thing. What you get is what you get. <laughs> the or, shakedown. Or thing. are they going to go throw it back in your face? Like, well, you know, odds say that we're going to hit this year because we've been dry for a couple of years. I don't know. Well, what do you do? I don't think, I would get anxiety thinking about that.
2: I don't think I'm gonna invest again. Maybe I'll invest ten bucks a day just to just to let them know. Yeah, I, I get it. You're putting in the work, slip you ten. But I'm not going at fifty bucks, sixty bucks, seventy bucks. You're anymore. on a you're on a one year
1: prove it deal now. Now I'm gonna I, give you the ten they're, bucks. They're on the franchise tag. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're on the franchise tag. If you go out there and you prove it this year, next year you know what? Maybe I'll be a little maybe a little more all in.
2: <laughs> there was one big um Two big takeaways from this past uh, this past Saratoga. Uh, there was no running with Francesa. That became public news.
1: Though he did lead his show Friday with Saratoga.
2: Well, he's a huge horse better. He, had he the, loves Saratoga. He he's, had, the, he's the mayor of Saratoga. People is, love him up there.
1: He had the nerve. I'm listening Friday as I drive in. It's opening day at Saratoga. First words out of his mouth. When you think Saratoga, you think football season, this is a staple. And, every, and he goes, it's on everybody's mind today. He had the nerve to say it's on everybody's mind today. Mike, what are you talking about? <laughs> the whole metropolitan area is thinking about Saratoga today? Are you nuts? <laughs> Yankees buyers, sellers are you the nerve to say it's on everybody's mind today.
2: <laughs> Mets are trying to desperately hang in the playoff race. The Yankees are selling a roll of Chapman with a million dollars.
1: Patrick still hasn't signed with the Jets,
2: but on everybody's mind is, you know, Seabiscuit
1: <laughs> versus, you know, who knows up the upstate.
2: <laughs> so, he's he's a icon up there, but the Daily News wrote about how he and I had a little run-in because the the tiff because last year we had initials gate and then we saw each other at. Initials Saratoga. gate's
1: a year ago here.
2: Yeah, um, so there were so everyone's been asking me, did you run into Francesca again? No, didn't run into him. Um, number two though, we had been bringing a carrying cooler, no wheels, so we would you know fill the the cooler with a right. beer, put it on ice, carry it in. We finally got smart because it was kind of backbreaking with this huge coolers. We got the wheels. Oh, the wheels are so key. Went to Target, got the wheels, picked up two things. One, cooler with the wheels. Two, a sprinkler. I set up the sprinkler in the front yard because it was 95 degrees every
1: day. So in the house that you rented, you set up the sprinkler, and you are running through it like children? Outside of the front yard. Didn't run through it like children. Set up some lawn
2: chairs outside. When it got a little too hot, stuck your foot in there. A little breeze. A little, little cool off. You know what? You should have upped it. You should have bought a slip and slide. You know what? We almost did. Oh! <laughs> we almost did, but the, the we didn't know how big the lawn was. Right. And I haven't done a slip and slide in a long time. You know, you don't know. Once, it's true. You know, a few drinks. Yeah, a few drinks, and now you're in your late 30s. Something something, <laughs> Something pops. Something gets burnt loose. And we got three more days of Chris Moore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the sprinkler was huge because everyone could cool down a little bit. The, that's a smart before, purchase. But the, the cooler with wheels. I can't encourage people enough if you have barbecues, picnics, you're going out to see fireworks, you're going out to the track, you're going out to the beach, whatever it is, carrying the cooler, you don't realize how your life changes once you
1: can wheel the cooler. You will watch at my block party coming up this Saturday, if you sit there and people watch, how many people walk down the block rolling coolers? Everybody who comes rolls coolers. It's unbelievable. It's great. I mean, that's
2: one of the great American inventions. Better than a light bulb, I'd say. i say it's Model T 1, I think, Light Bulb 2, probably... Coolers three with with the coolers with the the wheels three. I see. I'd go that four. Toilet paper has to be three. Did we invent toilet paper though? I don't know that. Well, we have to. What do you think it grew? No, but it could be in another country. Great no, am- toilet paper's got to be American. We think the Japanese invented toilet paper. I, I don't know that, but who knows? I mean, it's not like we we're the first ones with toilets.
1: Scott, think of Scott. The name Scott's American. It could be Irish. Scott's lawn care. Was Scott's lawn care from Ireland? Uh, Scottish. Scottish? <laughs> is Scottish in Ireland? Scotland in Ireland? Or is Scotland a separate country? Uh, a separate country. But it's close to Ireland? Oh, yes. United Kingdom? Yeah, that's right. All right, I got that right. There you that go. That should count as a point
2: towards the oh, geography. Oh, yeah, All right, <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah.
1: So bonus credit
2: on the geography. Bee. So, I, I appreciate it. Uh, and probably, like, pizza rolls is, like, number four.
1: Yes, but remember, if you bite too hard and they're too hot, a yeah. squirt in the eye won't
2: hurt. That's <laughs> no, no question. So there you go, PGP number one hundred and one, uh, and we are tracking now. Later in the summer, when I'm out again, we'd like you to fill in for the DA show. When I'm in for Doug next month,
1: we got to get rolling on these monologues here. We yeah, can do something this week. Three thick minutes. Three thick minutes. Let's go. I'm ready to go. I got a little pep in my step this week. I'm I'm ready to go. Okay, very good.
2: There you go. Uh, Side B is coming with the PGP, and you can always subscribe for free. Go to iTunes or search DA on CBS.com for our website. And it's available there.
1: Welcome into Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast. We haven't had a Side B now in a couple weeks because last week we did the clip show, if you will, the PGP 100. This is PGP 101, like the Dalmatians, if you will. Joe D. Joe D'Aluizio joins us on the Side B. Joe, how are you? I'm doing great. It's amazing to be back on the PGP. Is it amazing to go back as I try to alter my headphones here on live podcasting, if you will? And yes, I am Mraz. I didn't intro myself because you, you... really did a crappy job introing me as well, so you may want to start over. Okay, we're going to start over and keep this in in one, two, and three. This is PGP100, like the Dalmatians. Welcome to Side B. I'm your executive producer, Sean Moraz. Stop. Why? It's 101, not 100, you doofus. I just said 100? Yeah. Okay. And there's not 100 Dalmatians either. Okay, coming down in three, two, and one. Alrighty, welcome to Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast. This is Permission Granted Podcast 101, like the Dalmatians. <laughs> I've been working on that joke for a while. This is Mraz, executive producer of the DA Show, joined by Jolton Joe D'Aluizio, the associate producer of the DA Show. Joe, how are you? What's going on, big guy? Great, man. That was a great intro, right? That was great, yeah. I really, I really love that intro. Well, there's a lot we have to cram in here into Side B. A lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, before I get to, and I want to let everybody know, because this show has taken everybody by storm the last three weeks. I mean, Twitter is lit up. I know everybody was big Game of Thrones fans, Walking Dead fans, but those are shows that uh, go series after series. And, and a lot of people either wait for Noel to be over to binge watch or whatever. But there is a quote-unquote limited series on HBO right now called The Night Of. It's kind of like a murder murder mystery type of show. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest you check it out. If you have seen it, stay tuned for, if you will, the second half of Side B here in a little bit. And I will let you know, for those who haven't seen the show, maybe if you want to you know, tune out. Yeah, cause... this will definitely be a spoiler. So if you haven't yes. watched it, you may want to watch it before listening to that the second half. But something tells me, based off of Twitter and even responses I've gotten tweeting about it, and I'm sure as you as well, that a lot of our listeners are into the show. As this seems to be the craze right now, it kind of has taken... Pokemon went for about two weeks there if you will, and while people are still playing Pokemon, this has become the new Twitter craze everybody's talking about as show the night of. So we're going to get to that in just a second. We're going to discuss theories, the whole deal. Anywho, this past weekend, former CBS Sports Radio member, and if you currently listen to the DA show in its new time slot, or not new time slot, the one that's been on for the last two years, the show that was on before this in the first two years of CBS Sports Radio was Mojo, hosted by Chris Moore and Brian Jones. Their executive producer was Noodles, Adam Gracia, who, congratulations to him, got married this past Saturday. And a bunch of us from CBS Sports Radio, including Joe, including Chris Moore, like I mentioned, along with Chris Lepresti, Mike Samter... Andrew Bogus, Tom DeCelestino. These are names, if you listen to CBS Sports Radio, you You forgot heard. one of the biggest names who's J- been a member of... James Ward? Per- no! Jay Berman! Jay Berman and James Ward, both part of the DA yeah, I show I forgot about James, too. <laughs> Boy, they're both parts of the Permission Granted Podcast. We were all there. We all had a great time. It was in New York City, Chelsea Piers. I mean, a real hoity-toity wedding. And, Joe, you've mentioned this. Great time, and, and we would be... Not doing our jobs if we didn't congratulate Adam here on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like you said, congrats, Adam and Stacy. This wedding was unbelievable and uh, definitely, easily, one of the best weddings I've ever been at. I mean, it had it all. The cocktail hour was unbelievable. For those of you who love eating, uh, talking about my food exploits, let me just break down a couple things from there real quick. They had these short rib sliders that were almost on garlic knot type of rolls, if you will. It had this this sauce that almost made it taste like it was a meatball. On the bottom was a pickle, which I wasn't crazy about because I'm not a pickle eater. I picked that off. But man, was that so good when it hit your mouth and it had this sirloin at a carving station melted in your mouth. The short rib was very moist. Oh, it so it went down moist. smooth. Oh. And like like you said, I didn't understand why the pickle was there. I think that they just added the pickle to make it fancier than it had to be. Right, which a lot of these places tend to do. No need to go extra fancy. I mean everything was how about the mozzarella, man? That oh, thing Oh, say melted. that again for us, Joe. Mozzarella. Oh. That melted in your mouth. That was fresh. That was no polio, uh cheap brand mozzarella. That was a polio. Polio, polio. <laughs> no, polio's a disease. Polio is a mozzarella. Polio cheese. Yes. See, I'm I don't I don't have the the fake stuff, so I'm not used to it. This was real though. This was as real as it could get, and man. fantastic, delicious. Oh, and and those potato—they had these potatoes with a carving station, which uh, featured a sirloin, as I just mentioned, as salmon. I didn't touch the salmon Me because either. I didn't want salmonella. You know what I mean? It that wouldn't set well with the alcohol. Swing and a miss. Okay. Well, anywho, they had these potatoes. They were like giant garlic fries. Oh, they were like steak fries. Oh, yeah. they were so good. Perfectly salted. Perfect. You didn't have to add anything to them. Right. And how about <sighs> another thing in the cocktail hour that was absolutely phenomenal? The little baked ziti. Oh, they had a lot of these places when you go to cocktail hours, especially in the Northeast, they do the baked ziti, the penny alavac, and it's like a tray, and they'll put a little on there. These were individual baked pans worth for everybody. So almost like a little deep dish pizza of pasta, if you will. Very mini, but they were delicious. It had all the sauces and the crustiness. Ooh, darling. I'll tell you what, I buried about three of those. Oh, they were so good. And, you know, not to ramble on too much about food, but for dessert later on, they had a chocolate chip cookie souffle. Which I found out later in the evening I almost didn't get to enjoy because your fat ass and Chris Moore whoa, whoa. was about to take it. We were because you would take it too long to get to your dessert and it was that good. I don't know where I was at that point of the night. Oh. At the end of the night, also, the place made a house-made pizza and gave everybody individual slices and boxes on the way out the door, which I thought was great. Great idea. I've actually never seen that before, so big thumbs up on that. My pizza ended up in the back of my of the cab that I took Well yes Me and Joe And my wife All got in the same cab Leaving the <laughs> Leaving the wedding To head to our Various train stations Because New York City Obviously it's a big rail hub If you didn't get a hotel You're obviously not driving Because we're drinking And all that deal So there's all rails That go to all parts Of the tri-state area Joe had to head upstate So his train Was at Grand Central Station Finn Grand Central Station I had to head out To Long Island On the Long Island Railroad So we, we had to Go our separate ways Once you know They dropped me at the cab Joe went one way And apparently He left his pizza somewhere Yeah I, I think I remember biting into it, and then uh, I just threw the slice on the floor, which is very rude of me to do. Uh, I'm going to be honest; I was a little nervous for that my cab ride alone to Grand Central because I was in no state. I knew you'd be okay. I'd already I, paid the cabbie for my portion. I was very nervous. I mean, this guy could have took me anywhere, and I would I would have had no idea. Thankfully, he didn't. Now, we just talked about food, but we have to get to the main portion of the night, and something memorable that I think CBS Sports Radio listeners will enjoy happen at this wedding. Something unheard of, something unseen of. Okay? And let's just put it this way. Chris Moore who has filled in for the DA show numerous times. Our listeners know Chris Moore very well. Uh, he's, He's always got the jokes. He's always, you know, a lot of the jokes get played out, but we love Chris for that. A lot of the same jokes. His wife recently had back surgery, so she couldn't make the drive all the way down from Connecticut. So Chris Moore shows up to this wedding stag. Okay? Which means there's nobody there to lasso him in when he gets out of control. He's enjoying cocktails. He's having a blast. He's dancing with bridesmaids. He's dancing with everybody's wives. He's, you know, doing his Rodney Dangerfield impersonations, his Phil Rizzuto impersonations. I mean, anything you've heard Chris Moore do on the radio, throw alcohol in the mix and throw nobody there to reel him in and just understand what's happening here. It was a perfect storm. Perfect storm. So, anywho, we're all at uh, a CBS Sports Radio table, if you will. We got putting the table the closest to the exit, which, by the way, was no mistake. We were put, you know, so they could usher us out if they and, had to. And if you remember when Chris Moore was filling in, we were discussing the wedding, and we I did say I guarantee you we are the furthest table away from all the action closest to the exit. Exactly. And we were. And we were. So anyway, the thing about this wedding, if I had to pick one downside to the wedding— Too many speeches and too long per speech. Now, a lot of times you go to a wedding, you get a bridesmaid, a best man, maybe a parent will speak. This one had five total speeches, okay? You had the father of the bride, gave a very nice poem, very long speech. You know, daddy's little girl. I get it, okay? She had her maid and matron of honor give speeches. All right, gets a little dragged out. They take a little intermission, if you will. They get back to dancing, the whole deal. During dinner now, after we've already been a little restless with the first three speeches... They trot out the two best men who are each going to deliver speeches. As this is going on, I happen to be sitting right next to Chris Moore. He breaks into his Rodney Dangerfield impersonation, basically re saying everything the best men are saying, if you will. Ho, oh, hey, you know, oh. You know, it's not a good Dangerfield, but picture Chris <laughs> Moore doing it. He's doing the whole thing. Finally, the father of the bride, who we mentioned who had an earlier speech, turns to Chris, or turns to our table because he couldn't really pick out who was doing it, gives a quick shush the first time. Shh. Okay. Chris Moore doesn't hear it. I mean it's loud or whatever he's doing. I'm cracking up. I have a few drinks in me. Goes back to the well. The father of the bride now turns to Jay Berman, who's sitting closest to him, and Mike Samter, the producer teeking Tierney, and yells, shut the bleep up. Right at him. In the middle of the speech. Everybody turns around. Chris Moore is not shutting up after this. And Mike Samter takes it upon himself now to basically start yelling at Chris, but doing like the yell while you're whispering, like, Chris, shut up. Shut up. Like, like trying was- to be like a mom, pretty right. much. And Chris Moore, now in retaliation to Samter Yelling, is doing more danger field at him, going, hey, ho, don't yell at me. <laughs> Ooh. I could not stop laughing. It was the funniest moment I've ever seen at a wedding. Samter and Chris Moore basically almost coming to blows because the father of the bride almost came to blows. Yet the father of the bride Despised Every single one of right. us and By he had, the end and, of the night And he had said hello To all of us early on He did not talk to us The rest of the wedding In fact when Chris Moore Went to dance with Grossi, his wife His daughter do- The br- father's daughter Obviously The father got right out On the dance boxed floor Boxed out. Chris out And wanted no part of it So I mean really Just the biggest takeaway From this wedding Is Chris Moore While his wife Is basically on bed rest is out of control At a wedding And I really think He should be hired To do these things Now if I ever Get married Or decide to get married Chris Moore will be a part of the bachelor party and Him the wedding. Him at bachelor party. woo! I think it's and a must. the wedding. It's a must. After that, one of my biggest regrets is not having Chris Moore at my wedding because I wouldn't have cared. I would have laughed. He was unbelievable. He was out of control. Okay. Now, we have reached almost a halfway point of side B. This is where I'm going to tell you, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Nerd alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyway, spoiler alert for the show, The Night Of. And Night Of fans... Join me and Joe in discussing right now We are three episodes into the night of Three out of eight It's an eight part series And this is no It's not like if they have a good run here They're going to break it out next year This is it It's almost like a long movie if you will It's a limited series We've all seen what's happened now Through episodes one through three A lot of character development What I like about the show Is it's very simple to understand While having a lot of moving pieces Would you agree with that Joe? I would agree with that yes Through three episodes Joe I want an answer documented Okay who committed the murder? I think the stepfather committed the murder. The stepfather committed the murder, and I'll let you explain why. I just want these on document. Moraz, who do you think committed the murder? I believe it was one of the two gentlemen that was walking past the apartment right before Nas entered with the with the girl into her brownstone. The one who did not come back to the scene to speak to police, because if you remember, and I'll let you speak on the stepfather's path. He stared up at the apartment, but he stared up towards the bedroom where she would eventually be murdered. And he also, when the friend comes back to the scene says he saw them earlier and he's trying to put it on Nas, the cop asked him, "Was he by? Him? Well, who were you with? And he says he was by himself. When we as the viewer know he was not by himself, he was with that other gentleman. I think it was that other gentleman. Stepfather, give me reasons why. Okay, now I can't take credit for this theory because you pointed it out and it was very intelligent of you. Okay. When they were at the beach... And Nas asked about her dad. Right. She simply responded, he's okay. And then there was about 30 seconds of silence, you'd say? About, yeah. And right after the silence, she said, I can't be alone tonight. She did say, I can't be alone tonight. Okay. Then, when Nas finally flees the the scene, we see a man on a motorcycle in a black leather jacket. And Mm -hmm. we don't know who he is because he's also wearing a helmet with a visor. You cannot see, but they... They make eye contact Right Later on in episode 2 I believe this was Mm -hmm. When they have the stepfather Identify the body He's wearing a similar Black leather jacket In addition when he was given the picture And asked is this your daughter He first denies it And said no this is not her The reason why I think he denied it Is because he was in denial Of what he just did Okay, I think that's a fair theory so I, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of things pointing towards the stepfather as the uh murderer. Okay. So now obviously this show has done such a good job of laying everything out and really has you on the edge of the seat with with the legal system and what's wrong with it in New York City and and obviously the dangers he's facing in prison and the battles between lawyers and how lawyers need to get paid but want their clients and and reasons they, they want to be on a case like this. There's so much there that they're cramming in here, but doing it in a way where you don't feel like it's rushed, which I think is great. Now, for all of those who have the theory that Nas himself in a drunken-slash-drugged-up stupor that we don't see in episode one, ends up actually committing the murder. My argument to that would be, why no blood splatter on Nas at all, okay? Now, if you look at the crime scene, there her body's lying there, and they said there was 22 slash marks, and she was 22 years old. That was a part that shouldn't go unnoticed. Somebody had to have known she was 22, right? That was a little coincidence they dropped. Nas, who knows? But if Nas were to... Sp- a slasher, the way the body was all slashed, and the way they had blood splatter all over the walls and all over everything, why is there no blood splatter on Nas? And now, your argument back to me is going to be, well, how do we know he didn't shower quick and then pass out on the kitchen table? Well, if he showered quick, the blood on his hand from the earlier knife game they were playing on the hand would have washed away too. Also, he never changed his clothes. Never changed same, his clothes. It was the same clothes, and it don't. I there's no chance that he all of a sudden washed his clothes, and we didn't see that. That's, well, that's not possible. The only thing I would say is when he takes his clothes off to give to the officers at the precinct episode one, he does have scratch marks on his back. Scratch marks on his back, but that was from the passionate love, if you will. Absolutely. Uh, so his shirt could have been off when they murdered him, but he would have had. Blood. But he, he still would have had blood on his pants, he, and he did not. He did not. So if it turns out that Nas really is the murderer when the show's all said and done, I would say a show that right now I love and I think a lot of the country loves right now. Would have a big kind con- of big time crack in it and a big time oversight. And also another point that really shows that it really can't be Nas was the inhaler, right? The, the inhaler. inhaler, also which Nas is always walking around with because he has an asthma problem, had no blood on it. That was the only piece of evidence on the mattress with no blood. It almost made you feel like it was planted. It was planted there. And Box gives it back to him, which actually could hurt Nas's case because if that's there in evidence and collected as evidence, it's going to be noted that that doesn't have blood on it. Something's happening here because now the DA has it, and Box, Detective Box, who had the original case, something isn't sitting right with him in the case. And Totoro, who is now currently lost Nas, uh, Detective Stone, who's doing a great job with his role, uh, there's something more coming with him, and especially the cat. Now, I've heard arguments with the back gate was left open because the cat went out that the cat maybe has DNA on it, and... And Totoro's just brought it now to the shelter, holding it with gloves, and he finds out that it's going to get gassed in 10 days. I think we could all see it coming. Totoro's going to save this cat, isn't he? Yeah, definitely c- going to keep, keep that cat. And the cat's going to play some kind of role. I don't know whether it's going to cure Totoro's feet, or I don't know. His if- feet are disgusting, oh. man. I am so grossed out. And it's like every scene that he's in, I get and everybody. Thinking about it. And everybody, have you noticed this also? Everybody's always asking about his feet. Yeah, There hasn't been a single character that you don't see him interact with, not ask about his Which feet. Which is why the show is so wild, man. Between the feet and everything. I can't describe. You now listen, I love TV. I'm a couch potato. I didn't get this big not sitting sitting there watching TV. I have a lot of shows I've liked. And, and we've discussed. And we've talked TV on this podcast before. How I'm not a big Better Call Saul fan, but love Breaking Bad and all this. I love the limited series. Because the limited series, it's not a commitment. You're if, in and you're out. You're in and you're out. If you watch a show. Like, for instance, I'm watching Better Call Saul, and I'm waiting for the payoff. I might have to sit there six seasons to get a payoff that I, you know, and I don't have the willpower to bail on. This is eight episodes. If you watch the first episode, and the first episode was so detailed, the whole crime, and if it wasn't for you, great. Doesn't matter because you're going to have seven more episodes. If you don't watch them, you don't watch them. But for those who do, you know you're going to have resolution here before the end of the summer, and that's the end of the show, and you love it. I love this idea of a limited series. It's great for binge watching. If you haven't watched it yet and you want to go back and watch it, but I'm assuming anybody listening now is watching. But I mean, just search the hashtag "The Night of" on on a night this show's on. It's all anybody's talking about. It's it's crazy. I love everything about this show, and it's it really that's that means a lot and says a lot because, as you know, as probably the listeners know, I don't watch a lot of these shows. I'm not right. into these dramas, into these other shows that you know people watch on a weekly basis. So the fact that I Took the time, watched episode one, it hooked me right in, and and I'm, I love it. I love everything about it. It's going to be really great to see how this thing plays out, and kudos to HBO, uh, who does a great job with so many of their series. I mean, The Sopranos, I think, set the standard in TV. Entourage. Entourage, I mean, yeah. Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire, but think about it, Sopranos was really the first one on HBO that came along and really planted the seed for many of these great shows, and and some you may like, some you Curb. may not. This show is is has become an event. And its placement on Sunday nights, and not doing this. A lot of these networks. I know Walking Dead. Well, I think Walking Dead might wait, but there's a lot of these shows will come on during football season on Sunday nights. That's what I hated about Borderwalk Empire. I couldn't stand it. man. Right. So Sunday night football is on it, and your good shows on it. Everybody's talking about it the next day. And you may not have time to watch it. This, there's no TV on in the summer. There's no new network TV or anything like that. And football season is going to start that second week in September. They timed this show out so that it will end the Sunday night before Labor Day weekend. So you get in, get out. Labor Day weekend comes. College football's kicking off into the NFL. So now you have an event if you're into the show the next five weeks to look forward to. And next thing you know, it's football season. I think that's a great placement by HBO. And it, it hooks us all in. And it's a good show to debate and talk about because it's not there's so many uh, loose ends and so many elements that there's so much to discuss and break down and you could actually make predictions like you would if you were watching a sport correct absolutely it's amazing i i really have no other words for this for this show because everything about it is great 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 acting all around great so if you haven't seen it and you listen to it we might have ruined some stuff for you but again we didn't ruin the ending because we don't know exactly what happened and to be honest we were fair and gave a spoiler alert so that's uh-huh. your fault if you listen but if you have watch this show and you have your own theories of your own that you think myself and Joe did not pick up on you can follow Joe on Twitter at JoeDCBS and you can follow me at Twitter at CBS. we love talking the night of so please come at us with your tweets we'll discuss it all thank you so much for listening to 100 Permission Graded podcasts. we hope the next 100 are as special if not and I hope better than the first 100 have a great weekend